Last time on Oppressed by Sun, our heroes sacrificed a kraken to open a gate to send the Gidzerai back to their home world in the Astral Sea. All of this earned them a ship and a captain. Today our heroes set sail. Season 2, Episode 4, Black Eyes, Little Black Book. Uh, standing amongst the ichor of the defeated kraken, you see a calm seas. Uh, the, the ink from that has seeped out of the kraken seeps into the blue water around you. As Goldie calmly rows his little fishing boat towards his beloved ship. So it takes about 30 minutes and uh, Goldie looks a little overstretched here doing this all by himself. He uh, prepares the ship for, for, uh, for launch. Is there somewhere to climb up where I could be in the center of the sail? I can just cast this? Yes, in fact, there's a little bit of a crow's nest uh, right up near the, the center top of the sail. I'll climb up there and cast strong warding wind, 20 mile an hour wind for 10 minutes. Okay, as you begin to cast the wind, the boat begins to lurch a little bit wildly. Goldie, Goldie struggles for a moment at the wheel, but manages to pull it under control as he yells up at you, Hey, you gotta tell me when you're doing crazy stuff. Uh, and uh, and he, uh, he manages to pull the boat under control, and you quickly pick up speed. Port, or the, the port of Whiteport comes into view pretty quickly. A pod of dolphins uh, begins to approach the boat from behind. Um, and they quickly gain on it, and... About 15 dolphins uh, pull up alongside the boat. Warn <laughs> Goldie about these strange, hostile creatures in the water. Goldie says, Well, I'm not going to protect the boat. That's your job. Um, right. And uh, he stays at the wheel. I shoot one with the crossbow that comes too close. Well, they come right up next to the boat. Wait! What are the animals? What the crap are you doing? <laughs> Asshole! Um, I hold my fire until they act aggressively. Those are some big fish. They're hungry. <laughs> I can't touch the damn things. They're dolphins! One of them leaps out of the water, and as it uh, clears the deck, which is about a good 15 feet above the water, clears the deck and it transforms gracefully into a green-haired elf um, and lands gently on the deck. I wave, I wave off Kadeem. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Um, and she lands on the deck, and she's right next to you. Uh -huh. And she looks you in the eye, uh, which the indigenous here have not done, generally speaking, and says... Welcome, esteemed auxiliary. I am Nerine, matriarch of the Menelay. And your esteemed indigenous guide, Varian, has told me of your talents. We are honored to host you in our humble village. She nods. Oh, you are the head of this city. Okay, awesome. You see the dolphins? The dolphins have now sort of, uh, surrounded. Set, sort of surrounded and settled into a cruising speed around the boat. She, she looks around the boat. She sees Goldie. Goldie looks over his shoulder and gives her like a very deep, like a very uh, pronounced nod, but continues driving the ship, uh, steering the ship. The ocean creatures rejoice in the destruction of the terror from the deep. We offer our thanks. Well, it appears only the small one. Like, the mama is still out there somewhere. Well, let us hope that it does not come here. Indeed. And she pats Goldie on the shoulder, and she looks at Claire John, she said, or Father John, she says, ah, Esteemed cleric, it is an honor, and she gives you a nod. Oh, the honor is mine. To Goldie, she says, I know you were bored in our service, and perhaps a bit more freedom of the navigation would be more fitting for you. These fine auxiliaries and their master variant have need of your exceptional talents, and I hope you will work for them and enjoy the work more than you enjoyed working. Goldie, his eyes sort of light up, and as much as his sort of swollen purple face can light up, um, and he looks, he says, Oh, you're very kind, my lady. And uh, he looks over at you guys, he says, 
However, my services are still not free. Also, I must have a crew. You are quite incompetent. A couple of minutes later, you see um, one of the dolphins has swum, swum to the front. Uh, it, it swims out in front of the boat a little bit, and you guys are making a really good pace here with this wind. Just in the water, it transforms into Varian. Uh, and uh, he's sort of swimming in the water and he's trying to catch onto the boat as you. All right, he climbs up on board and sort of uh, <clears throat> dusts himself off. And uh, Narine looks at him and says, Ah, oh, Master Varian, these uh, auxiliaries are far more than you promised. And she gives him a, a, a deep nod. Uh, our eternal thanks uh, will not be enough for your great service. Bows to Varian, um, nods to the cleric, and jumps off the bow. Turns into a dolphin, and the dolphins swim away. So, Goldie, you know where we can find a crew, right? I mean, you're going to be in charge of hiring this crew. Well, I hope you brought plenty of money. No. That we did not. <laughs> we need them cheap, man. Affordable. Good crew is not cheap, my friend. Well, there, there, I have worked with some people here in the city, in the Whiteport, but uh, they, are, they are very highly qualified and would not come cheap. Well, what's the monthly cost for their labor? I'm afraid you'll have to negotiate with them. How many members do you need for your ship? Four. Hey, I, I'm more than happy to hire a crew here, guys. I think we should definitely do that. Uh, I don't have any money, but I definitely think we should hire a crew. You will be paying for this ship. It is your prerogative to rename it. Right. What do you mean we'll be paying for the ship? <laughs> well, there is, of course, a 100 gold upfront retainer fee for my services and the services of the ship plus 100 per month of service. Uh, the sailors will negotiate their own price, however that is my minimum price. Goldie takes Halfknot to a dive bar in search of crew members, where he immediately approaches a table with two women and one tongueless man. One of the ladies seems quite curious. A full sleeve to neck tattoo, crouching lynx, covers her visible skin. As she leans in to speak to Halfnot. She introduces herself. I'm Lintz. It's really nice to meet you. Uh, and uh, the other guy, you see him open his mouth. He has no tongue. So his name, No Tongue, as they call him, seems pretty accurate. Halfnot pickpockets three gold coins from Goldie's pouch, then proceeds to immediately use them to wager on cards where he persistently cheats. Each time he cheats, Lynx catches him, and they play a rousing game of cat and mouse. As you, as you palm a card, really, really well palm that card, you find the Catwoman's hand just over your hand, and she sort of squeezes your palm and pulls the card from it. She says, now, now, little boy, don't get cute. I do like your gutsiness, uh, trying something like that in a place like this. While Halfknot is petting the kitty, Goldie is getting down to business. With Lynx, No Tongue, and Charity on board, Goldie decides to go upstairs to seek one more member of his misfitting crew. And Goldie says, looks at you, he says, Well, I think we should go upstairs and talk to Virgil. Alright, sounds good. I'll be right there. Once again, Halfknot tries and fails to get away with cheating at cards. And then he storms off in a huff. I don't even take, I don't even, I just leave all of my change on the table. Just go upstairs. <laughs> Fuck it. As, uh, as you head upstairs, uh, you, this is a, this place is a dump. These doors are ratty. Some of them look like they've been kicked in several times. He not, and Goldie knocks on it. 
as we're standing there, I give him a little inspiration. I just pinch him on, I just give him a slap on the ass. Go get him, boy. You know, I never did like bards. They think they're so pretty and cute, but I just think they're annoying. And, uh, and he knocks on the door loudly. Virgil, are you in there? It's Goldie. I need to talk to you. And uh, a few seconds later, the door sort of peeks open, and you see this bespectacled, white-haired man uh, in a fine-looking uh, yellow robe looking uh, peek out the door, uh, not unchaining it. When he sees Goldie, he unchains it and uh, opens the door. He says, well, Goldie, it's so uh, a pleasure. He rolls his eyes. I didn't think I'd see you again here. Uh, he sits down on the chair and looks up at Goldie and says, Oh, Goldie, I've never been so displeased to see an old friend. And Goldie says, Well, you should be kinder to your friends, especially when you have great job opportunities. Great job opportunities. And uh, who are you, fine sir? Ah, my name is Hafnot. I work for the indigenous. You work for an indigenous? He perks up a little. He says, well, Goldie, you should have told me that you were bringing in a representative, an auxiliary here. Uh, he straightens up his robe a little bit. He says, and how can I help the fight indigenous? Well, I would request that you listen to what Goldie has to say and know that we will make very good offers. He says, well, I, uh, I was educated at the finest uh, navigation university Shatterboard, uh, Shattership has to offer. Uh, the, the navigation university of Shatter, Shattership, it is world-renowned, and, and I, uh, I have the finest of navigation skills, and I am between positions at this point. Um, he says, if you are looking to sail with Captain Goldie, I can assure you Captain Goldie is quite competent, although his... He looks at Goldie. His... Eh, say his, no more. Say no more. We would love to have you. What's your rate? My my rate? Oh well, uh, nothing nothing too extravagant, of course. Just a a, a, a small twenty uh, gold retainer and a uh, and uh, and a mere uh, twenty five gold per month uh, of, of service. And uh, I, I find I think that you'll be you'll find that very reasonable for a highly educated. I bring my own maps. He he like starts shuffling a bunch of papers into a pile. While he's doing that, I message Goldie and I say, "What's reasonable for this asshole?" Well, actually, that's less than he charged the last person, so he must be desperate. And I said, we'll make it an even 20 on both, and come on. We need to corral the rest of the crew. Then he nods and starts quickly uh, uh, folding the maps and putting them into a, a very curated, uh, beautiful leather bag. Downstairs, you find at the bottom of the stairs, basically uh, lounging against the wall, is the cat-like woman. And she says, we have agreed to to join your uh, expedition for a proper fee, of course. Just 10 gold up front for each, uh, as well as uh, uh, five gold per month of service for each of us. Fine, let's go. She nods, she looks over at the table, the others stand up and they follow you out of the bar. Rejoining the rest of our heroes, Goldie is eager to present his new crew. I have assembled the best crew that you could possibly hope for, and your esteemed negotiator has negotiated a rock-bottom price. Excellent. I expect nothing more from my fine boy here. What are we talking I about I suspect here? that he's behaved himself on his outing. Unexpectedly no. behaved, yes. Wow. And so Then I flipped Goldie two gold, and I'm like, there's two of the three I took. <laughs> He looks down at you, he squints. Where did you take them from? <laughs> wow, I'm so proud of you, boy. Good job. You must have taken them off the ground and found them somewhere. Returning them to a nice man like Goldie isn't Goldie fooled. here. Goldie isn't fooled, but he does sort of um, not protest. All right, back to nobody, as, as is appropriate. 
22. And as she leaps into the air, not only does she leap an unnaturally uh, far, but as she lands on the mast, you see claws emerge from her hands and stick deep into the mast as she runs like a squirrel. That's like, like, a, like a leopard speed climbing to the top of that mast. You have never seen a cat person before. It seems very odd to you. I got a history check. Okay, I'm from this room. Ugh, 12. You haven't seen a cat person before, but you did notice as she turned to look at you one time that her canine teeth were very long and sharp. Mm. With free reign to rename the ship, our heroes drunkenly slapped the word black before the word middle A, thereby renaming it the Black Middle A. Okay, the so black you guys middle renamed a. his ship the Black Middle A. But we will paint the It rolls black. off the tongue, <laughs> I think. All right, I it don't does. care. Although, the first night when no one's looking, Half Knot's going to sneak down there and repaint it the Black Minotaur. You debark. The crew, they work like a well-oiled machine. You can tell they've worked together before, and also that they're highly competent. They pull out quickly, um, and the shallow water extends for hours as you, as you sail out. After, uh, after about six hours of smooth sailing, you come across a coral reef. Um, which is under the water about 10-15 feet, um, but which does seem to be a threat to a boat this large. Bring it about and begin traveling parallel to the reef. Um, Lynx up in the uh, catbird seat, constantly calling down, no passage, Captain, no passage, uh, as uh, they continue to travel along the reef. I take it to the navigator and be like, hey, you know what this is? Can it be used by you? He looks it over, he looks at you, he says, oh, Well, sir, where did you get such a device? No questions. Can you use it? He picks it up, he weighs it, he, he messes with some of the handles and knobs. Uh, he says, I, I, this, regard, this will need further study, I'm afraid. Telescope. The telescope works beautifully well. It gives you a plus ten to uh, spot checks. Mm. I give it to our lookout. Half Knot would like to climb up with the telescope. And I like, I like bolt up. All right, so you climb up there very quickly, and uh, she watches you as you approach, and she says, Hey, boy, uh, why you come up here to join me? And I pull out the telescope and start looking through it. I'm like, oh, did you see that over there? She paws at the telescope with great enthusiasm, but misses and hisses at him. <laughs> I hand it to her. I hand it. You are full of surprises. Indeed. She also calls down to the captain. She says, Captain, wreck ahead! That is on loan, my lady. Loan. Yes, boy. Whatever you say, she sort of, her tongue sort of flicks out at you. But then I pinch the end of her tail. Just like, <laughs> Just after you pinch her tail, she, she sort of slyly turns about and just catches you with her hand and throws you off the mast. You, you go flailing. You can roll a tumbling check to see if you can catch onto the side of the boat as she seems to have thrown you far enough to land in the water. 22. Yeah, you are able to snatch onto the side of the boat deftly, um, as uh, maybe you did kind of see him falling past, too late to try to grab him. Um, and Man overboard! <laughs> Boy! But he, but he flips back up onto the deck and uh, lands with a flourish. I just glance up and I'm like, bad kitty. She ignores you and is looking through the telescope at something ahead of the boat. Captain, wreck ahead! Steer, steer inland! Steer inland! There's a medium-sized, a little bit smaller than your boat, boat that seems to have been sunk right on top of the reef. Finding a wrecked ship covered in poisonous snakes, our heroes, of course, decide to immediately jump down and investigate. 
Half Knot throws a rope in the water from the back and then does a swan dive off the stern of the boat and turns into a shark. Anchor is near the wreck. We're going to investigate. Goldie says, This is why I didn't want to take you crazy people. And he says, Anchors! Anchors ahoy! Half Knot swan dives off the front of the boat turns into a giant shark on his way down and swimming directly into the boat. Well, the first thing you notice as you're underwater is that this boat is covered in snakes, about eight foot long. They, it's like a hive of them. They're just a, a mass of snakes. In fact, about 30 of them appear to be eating some sort of uh, carcass right on top of the deck. Still back on the boat, the seaweed consults her menagerie before deciding her course of action. Okay, so you're on the boat and you can't speak with animals? Yeah. Okay, so Squeezy says, They look dangerous. Don't you want to make some friends? Breathe the water. So you don't think that they'd be friendly and let us loot the ship and leave? They look hungry. Squeezy over here doesn't think that it's a good idea. He knows snakes. I trust him. True. <laughs> is Luthias around? Luthias is around and he lands on your shoulder. Does he have anything to tell me? He says, The lady on the, the mast is a cat. I will make sure she doesn't bother you. I, I won't go anywhere near her. Good, I wouldn't either. Um, what do you think about these snakes? Let's just keep going. They're, they're, they're underwater. Why would you go there? Because I don't know what's on the ship. We want to see what's on the shipwreck. Send the stupid ones. And, she lo- and he looks around at the other one. Hey guys, I just realized I also can't swim. On the advice of her bird, Isiwi decides to hang back and send the stupid ones into the wreck. Sharknot leads the charge. All right, so you can see a couple of things. First of all, this ship uh, wasn't sunk by the reef. It was sunk by cannonballs that seemed to have blown giant holes to the side. Um, second, uh, on the deck, but on the deck you do see a skeleton of a humanoid uh, with a glittering dagger uh, sticking out of the bottom of the jaw. Mm. The, the ship was smashed by cannonballs. Can I get into the ship from the side? Yes. I'll stick my head in and look around. I should tell you it's very dark in there. I will use my shark smell. All right. As you stick your head in there, roll a wisdom save. A voice in your head, a very odd, gurgling voice in your head, says, You're not a shark. Ah, uh, I'm a halfling. Why are you in my boat? Because it looked interesting and it was underwater. All right, so something is swimming towards you. Uh, it has, it's sort of roundish and has claws protruding from the bottom and a very, very toothy mouth. In the middle of the roundish part, just above the mouth, is a big eye. Uh, I think I will retreat back out of the boat. The, a, a large pincher grabs a hold of the side of your face um, and uh, cuts you for 28 damage. You are grappled and cannot move. You guys on deck, uh, you're looking down, you see the shark poke his head in there and suddenly start flailing wildly as blood begins to fill the water and the snakes <clears throat> begin to drift over the side of the boat. Shit, we need to get down there. Yeah! I dive in. Uh, they're just under the water, maybe 15-20 t- uh, feet. With his friends jumping into the mass of snakes to help him, Shark Knot wages a desperate personal fight. And I will bite him. 14, 20 piercing damage. You sink your teeth into a crunchy metal ball of craziness. I'm going to cast Spike Growth right into the middle of them. Out of the side of the boat come this this, uh, this mass of uh, thorns and spikes, uh, that, like a, a thicket of thorns that just emerges above the, uh, above the flailing shark. 
and, and, and between the shark and the massive snakes. I will move into the ship. And I have, I have blind sight, so I can, if he smells, I can smell him. And I can sense the movement You sense him water. off to your right. In the, it's pitch darkness inside the ship. I'm like, oh, you're dead now, bitch. I just think that. I hope he goes You feel like he might hear it. Father John comes running off the front of the boat, seeing his <laughs> beloved half not in trouble, <laughs> leaps into the water, My boy! sinks down, and you're in the middle of the snakes. Spirit guardians. Okay. The cleric leaps from the front of the boat, slams his feet down into the water, very gracefully in heavy armor, sinks him into the midst of the uh, into the midst of the snakes and the spikes. So you are going to take spike damage. So you you sink down into the snakes. Um, as the as the uh, as the spectral as the spectral blades appear in the water about around you, swinging swinging wildly. I make my concentration save. So nice. They attack Father John. The snakes. So the, the cleric is uh, it, the the spiritual weapons are fighting off the snakes, even as two of them have latched onto him. And you can tell they're going to all try to latch onto him, like they seem to have done the other creature that they were feeding on a moment ago. Shark knot. A blinding light fills the entirety of the ship. It is so bright that you need a constitution saving throw. It is at this point when a string of made saves, missed attacks, missed attacks, made saves, turned tide of the one-on-one -on -one battle against my monster. Well, that's his turn, boo. All right. He's all over you. He's biting you. He's flashing this bright light in your eyes and uh, wrestling with you down there. Vivi has is a remarkable athlete, so he begins running along the, the handrailing of the ship and does a long leap um, so that he's kind of over the, the ship area to sink down. Just as I sink, I try and do uh, a frostbite. The water suddenly turns cold and crackling as, as a bolt of ice runs through the massive snakes. I dive into the water, going toward that bright light, trying to rescue half Knot. I'll dash then, get okay. inside there. Alright, so as you get in there, you can roll a perception check. Six. Okay, it's very dark in there, and it's full of blood, and it's just gross. Uh, it's hard to see, there's like a thrashing battle going on in there, but it's very difficult to see what's going on. Sweet, I'm gonna shoot at the snakes. Uh, your arrow sinks through, pierces like two heads, and, and spikes through another one, as three snakes out of the... It's a slithering mass seem to just die. It's begin floating, floating away from their, their swarm. I think in my head, I'm coming for you now. And I bite, I try to bite the shit out of the big part of this thing. 21. 19 damage. So the snakes again swarm Father John. Those that are still alive are now all latched onto you. Um, as they attempt to poison you and your amazing constitution continues to hold out. Shark knot. He's going to use his pinchers. So one, you notice a little stalk on the side of his uh, body uh, blasts you with a ray, and you need a wisdom save. Kadeen, you also need a wisdom save. Oh man, paralyzation is very bad underwater. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you guys both make your saves. Uh, as I float down next to Father John, I, I look at him and I kind of give him like the, just apologize to him. With a furious stomp, I thunderclap all around him. As you blast that to cantrip, the, 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 you slap your hands together underwater and there's a coffin is booms, uh, protrudes from around you. The, the snake ball just sort of splits apart. Those that are still living just run and hide in the, uh, in, the, in the coral beneath you. And those that are dead just float away. Okay, like a whole yeah. bunch of them just impale themselves on spikes. And there's like very few left alive. 
Wow, you are just smashing this fool. You hear a voice in your head, and it says, I'll give you the ship. I'll give you the ship. When Kadeem gets inside the ship, he immediately begins his action surge and barrage of critical hits that bring the monster to death's door. And it's clear they our heroes are on a roll today. The seaweed. Um, you cannot see. The snakes are, are either most almost all dead or peeled upon spikes. Your friends are both in the spikes, Mibby and uh, and uh, Father John. Uh, and you cannot see inside the boat. I'm not worried about inside the boat. Um, okay. Can I tell? Can I see snakes that are still living? There are a couple. Yeah, they're trying to get away. All right. You, you arrow one right through the head, and another one barely manages to evade your uh, second arrow. As now there are two total snakes from the swarm alive. And I'm yes, gonna drop the spikes so that these guys can actually move around. Nice. Okay. All right. So the spikes disappear. Yeah. Half Knot is letting the shark's primal instincts take over. He's in a blind rage. This is gonna happen now. No one can see this, but Half Knot finally finds the beak. And he uses, he turns upside down like sharks do. Just turns upside down, puts his front teeth under the beak, and just whips his body over, grabs the back of the head, and just rips it off. Yeah, it just cuts right through the whole squishy eyeball shape. Uh, cutting off both of his stalks, leaving his uh, giant claws just clack, clack, click, clacking as they clatter to the to the bottom of the ship hole. And uh, you have killed this creature. I cast the light cantrip. Can I see Kadeem from here? Nope, I'm in the ship. All right, well I go in the ship. With the light cantrip inside the ship, you do see Kadeem and you know half of the, the face of that giant shark. You don't see anything else here except blood and uh, two pinchers that are on the. I search the hull of the boat. You can roll with the light. Now you can see 12. Yeah, there's a door uh, to the front of the ship. And there's also a door in the back of the ship. You're able to easily crack open this uh, sort of warped, uh, soggy door. And inside you see a beautifully bedecked quarters. It seems to have, uh, I mean, obviously it's wrecked, right? So against one wall is a very nice table. On one wall is China cabinet. A lot of the china seems to have been maybe destroyed in the shipwreck, but some of it is not. A beautiful porcelain china, uh, ornate china, mounted on the front of a very ornate desk. At the front, you see a, a compass of some kind. You can sort of break open a couple of stuck drawers, little gift boxes. Some of them have rings, some of them have bracelets. I try dragging that chest out outside. The desk? The whole desk, yeah. And I took out a, some blacksmithing tools, like a chisel and my hammer stick it into the, uh, the lock hole to start coming. Uh, yeah, so in, in sort of grayscale, you see a, a large number of uh, barrels. You immediately recognize as extremely high quality wine. I take out some rope and immediately start tying it around some of the barrels and just latching it onto my belt. Yeah, I mean, this place, and there's also like a wine rack. A lot of them have been broken, but you could tell this, this guy had great taste. I'm so excited. I take one of the bottles, and immediately put it in my mouth and just chew the cork so that I can actually drink the wine while I'm in there. So you're like sipping the wine underwater and it is delicious. <laughs> uh, I grab a couple more bottles, anything that I can fit in my pouch. Okay, all of this stuff seems to be written in sylvan and just beautiful. Seaweed, uh, roll, roll me a perception check. On the mast of the ship, which is broken and off to the side, like laying on the coral nearby, you see an odd sky blue banner. It seems to flutter as though it's in wind, although it's deep underwater. Crew has sort of gathered uh, several of them right, right next to you up there on the deck. They're watching this with great interest. Perfect. 
I'm gonna need you guys to retrieve that banner. Uh, no tongue palsy, he jumps into the water uh, and swims down to it and uh, detaches it and swims back. And as he pulls the banner out of the water, immediately, there's no wind, but as he pulls the banner out of the water, it begins to flap gently as though it is in wind. No tongue, can you get the rope to Father John? He looks at you, he sets the uh, banner on the deck where it sort of blows gently on the deck and then sw swims down to give you, an, give you an aid. He seems to be a very good swimmer. I look, I just give uh, Kadeem an eye, like, do you want me to help you with this desk or not? And I shake my head no. I don't want your teeth marks on my beautiful new desk. Okay, well, I swim out of the boat then and I go back up to the top where I saw that gleaming dagger when I first jumped in the water. All right, well, it's still there. I just pick up the entire corpse in my mouth, and I swim back to the surface. I kind of toss the corpse in the air and try to throw it on the boat. You guys are eventually able to get all of this loot onto the deck, onto the thing, including that heavy-ass desk. Yeah. All of those barrels, which sort of float, and they're not as hard to, to drag. And the deckhands are giving you a lot of help with the pulling of the rope. In the my barrel's safe aboard, I jump back in with Kadeem. Natural 20. Fuck yes! Alright, here are the things you find. First of all, three eyeballs from the uh, creature. One of them large, too small. You also find uh, under the deck here a, a sort of a trap door. And you open it up and there's a there's a medium-sized ornate chest down there. All right, so you guys are, with the rope and all the help from the deck hands, you're able to, to drag all of that loot up to the top. And you're confident there's nothing else down there. I guess, let's identify that banner. What exactly is it all about? Even as a shark, Hafnot never took his eye off the glittering dagger embedded in a skull of the ship, and after he deposited that skull on the deck, he scrambled aboard to snatch it up. Half not tucks it away and goes. Roll a wisdom save. Oh yes, now we're talking. Fourteen is a fail. You find yourself thinking back over all the people that have wronged you, and you know <clears throat> that this dagger is bound for the Lich Queen, the Lady in White. This dagger must find its way to her throat. And if you have an opportunity, you will you will take it, this dagger, to her, where you can insert it into her throat as it is required. Well, that makes me pretty happy. It's a cursed dagger, so it does take up one of your attunement slots. It is also a plus two dagger. I'm gonna go identify the banner. Or... You identify the banner. This is a legendary banner. It's six feet long, and it can control the wind. What? When a golden, when a golden compass and as you're identifying, you look over and you see on the, the mounted on this ornate desk that um, Kadim has dragged up here. When, when uh, paired with a golden compass that is bound to this banner, which must be mounted on the same ship that displays the banner, um, the banner is able to control the direction and speed of wind at the whim of an attuned um, navigator. We got a navigator. I don't think he's attuned to shit. I message the navigator if he's not already out on the deck. And I'm like, come out here. Uh, he's already out on the deck and he immediately approaches. He's been eyeballing this whole situation. I'm, I'm going to tell him what it is. I'm going to give him that exact description. Oh my, oh my goodness, this is, uh, this is certainly a great day for, uh, for, for, the, for our fine crew. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You remember why you signed up? I wink at him and I walk over to the compass. It's mounted on the desk. I was like, well... Guess we have a new desk for our navigator. I tell everybody what it does. Uh, Goldie, Goldie looks down there. He says, 
Well, I definitely like this dog traveling with you folks more than I thought so far. You know, I, I recognize that ship down below. It's called the Favoring Wind. Mm, I wonder it why. It was once run by a very uh, well-known privateer known as Vance Black Eye Adlam. The, the lady, uh, cat lady, hears that uh, and scrambles down the thing and looks carefully over the equipment. She says, oh, old cat eye, huh? He, he bit it, huh? Well, that's, that's too bad. You can see her sort of <laughs> licking her, uh, licking her, um, the sides of her mouth. But there's a skull. The stout woman looks at, hands the skull over to the cat-like lady, and she looks at him. Oh, that's old black guy. Yeah, that's him. Oh, such a beautiful man. It's too bad, she says, and just tosses the skull in the water. Full inventory of all the little trinkets and gift boxes and everything that are inside the desk before we move to the navigator. Yeah, it seems to be a bunch of gifts. You also find a black book. Oh. In it is a list of names, ladies' names. <laughs> and next to them are things like... Likes to have her toes licked. Is is our cat lady in there? You can roll an investigation. So you find two things of interest. First, you do in fact find a lynx in there. Yeah. Um, and you also you find that uh, that uh, she very much likes to have her her uh, her hair combed, um, especially on her back. Oh, uh, the, uh, takes you also note. find a star next to a name named uh, a name of Lydia Strongman. Strongmass is her last name. Okay, I give that to old Hapnot, point out the notes so he has that. He has a little black book. Oh, yeah. I love it. So, what was this guy's name again? Yeah. His name was Vance, uh, a black eye Adlam, but everybody called him Black Eye. Black Eye's little black, black book. Black Eye's little black book. Perfect. The cat lady says, They called him Black Eye because of his frequent unfortunate encounters with. Husbands. To which Hafnot responds by pulling out his comb <laughs> and just she, winking at her. <laughs> she raises an eyebrow suggestively. Okay. See, that was why we stopped, man. <laughs> that was why we stopped. That and this ridiculously ornate chest that we're going to open oh, later. Chest, yes. You're able to break it open. Um, and inside are gems and gold. I take gold. I would like to take 20 gold. And I will give five to each crew member as a bonus. Hafnot, when you give out the bonuses, each of them, each of them uh, sort of uh, make eye contact with you in a uh, grateful way. Especially Lynx. Ooh. While they're handling, handling the, uh, the gifts and everything, uh, Mivy is shuffling all of his casks, casks of wine to his room. I do want to take a look at all the gifts and see if there's any jewelry that I like. The, every single one of these gifts has a box that is engraved with a name and uh, seems to be for various high-class uh, ladies. Take all these out of the boxes and add them to our treasure stash. Oh, no, 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 well, no, no. We may need these. Because if we meet one of these people, we use this as leverage. We'd be like, hey, here's this dead guy I wanted to give you this gift. No. We'd be like, hey... Oh, you married lady. Uh, here's a gift from Black Eye. Maybe you can help us with something. Yeah. Wink, no, wink. To tell him he's dead. You know, those who are familiar with this world would immediately recognize most of these names as indigenous. Oh, yeah. Let's leave all of these in the boxes undisturbed. This is going to be valuable. And uh, the navigator continually like comes up to tell you about how, how great it is, how great this thing is. 
Yes, I, I had, I had heard of the favoring wind, as had many. He's quite a infamous privateer. It was long wondered how he managed to escape the Vesuvius' navy for so long. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Yes, indeed. It's quite amazing, he says. After setting the navigator up for success, our heroes go back up on the deck to talk to Goldie about what he might know. I was like, who, who would have shot cannonballs through old favored winds? Bitty said that Captain Strongmast, an admiral in the Vesuvius' navy, was hunting this ship for years. Isn't there some a girl's name Strongmast in that black book it is? Lydia. There's also a star next to that name. Literally dozens of Strongmast jokes later, our heroes get their boat turned about and headed for the open sea. Alright, so you guys are heading out to sea for another three, four days. A couple of times over this period, the cat lady climbs down in the middle of the day and goes and speaks to Goldie privately. Half not. The ocean here is deep blue. Very, very deep, uh, crystal clear water. You swear a couple of times over the course of one of the days, the water beneath you darkens considerably. And then it'll pass a few minutes later. Like the whole ocean darkened. I don't say anything. On day five-ish, you do hear Lynx call down from above. Land ho! To land then! And uh, uh, the navigator uh, peeks his head up from below and salutes and heads back down. And you guys change course a little bit, uh, steering off to starboard. Um, as uh, you, within the hour, begin to see an island, volcanic. Uh, and uh, teeming with uh, green trees around a black spire that uh, has a tint of smoke rising from the uh, from the peak. After landing a satisfying haul of loot, our heroes see the next adventure staring them in the face and turn to sail directly at it. Will this encounter be as fruitful as the last? Will our heroes survive an encounter with the Twilight Realm? Tune in next time to find out. As always, you can join us at oppressedbysun.com where we got PDFs, maps, lore, and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. See ya.